0: Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your host, Ellen Kate, like to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse. Let's of the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kalsdijk, joined us by Noel Kirkpatrick. Noel, I'd ask how's it going this week, except that we already know because that's right one day at a time has been saved it is coming back for season four and uh i truly did not think that was going to happen so thank you cbs and pop tv pop tv home of Shit's creek and also one day at a time i'm very excited Are you excited
1: no i am very very excited and i'm i'm really glad that this deal kind of came together in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and that it managed to come together through the fact that cbs wanted one day at a time in some form or capacity couldn't seem a way to justify it was gonna lose schitt's creek on pop had bought out and owned pop outright from Lionsgate, and was like oh well we need a new show because we're gonna lose Shits creek in like a year mm-hmm. so what about this show that people seem to like but also we'll have like the same sort of like potentially the same kind of audience level maybe potentially depending on if you can convince enough people who like one at a day at a time and don't have cable to get cable to get pop um that's always the catch Mm -hmm. um but it's very exciting um they promise that there's not going to be like a dip in quality even though this is going to be an expensive show for them to license so it's really good. Uh, Vulture's write up about the deal is really comprehensive. It's really interesting. So I encourage everyone to go check it out. Um, as Miles McNutt pointed out, the most interesting thing about this deal is that now CBS has the like global distribution rights for season four of One Day at a Time and onward. Mm-hmm. Which, as Miles appropriately pointed out, the one one organization that would be the most interested. <laughs> And having season four and onward of one day at a time would be Netflix (laughs) (laughs) on a global stage. So it's a very weird situation that we're in where potentially Netflix could buy the global distribution (laughs) rights to one day at a time and stream it everywhere else in the world except the United States.
0: Yeah, it's very weird. (laughs) But it's been, you know, part of this journey for CBS is they're experimenting with what to do with their Uh original content that they have for all access and how they can monetize that on you know regular CBS they're we've been playing around with good fight and seeing what happens with one day at a time will certainly be interesting as well um having pop get the rights to seasons one to three as well is also yeah yeah is gonna be big so for people who don't have Netflix or you know like I want to know who has pop but doesn't have Netflix, you know, <laughs> like, I'm right. very curious yeah. what those numbers are. Um, but but if people don't, they can catch up with that one. Um, and, and Pop can do a big promotional push with it as they lead into the final season of Shit's Creek and the fourth season of One Day at a Time. And ha- pair, I, like, I wouldn't have thought of the, that pairing, but I do think it's going to work really well. And I think there are threads of kind TV and of centering... Um, queer stories and centering uh, characters you don't necessarily see elsewhere on TV um, does connect those two shows. There's So there's sort of like a an energy to them and a uh, personality to them that while they have very different tones, I think actually does make them fitting partners in the schedule. So we'll see what happens with it. But I'm certainly very excited.
1: Yeah, I am too. And it's just, it's really good news. I'm very excited. And the fact that, like you alluded to, the season four will run on CBS at some other point Mm -hmm. um, is really great. And because there wasn't a clause in the contract with Sony that said, we can't prevent you from giving it to a non-seasons one through three to a Mm non-streamer. We don't have any choice but to do that. Darn it! (laughs) Foiled again! (laughs) Indeed. Um, since CBS All Access couldn't take it because otherwise they wouldn't have gotten seasons one through three. Mm-hmm. So, no, this is a good thing to pair with uh, Shit's Creek, I think, just based on reputation. Um, if Pop had Kim's Convenience, which I don't think they do, this would be such a good thing to pair with Kim's Convenience, too. <laughs> um, uh, which is the other CBC show that uh, pairs with um, Shit's Creek on CBC. And so it's just like, oh, that would be such a good one-two punch. I love Kim's Convenience though.
0: Yeah, I so. do. I do kind of feel like maybe this needs to be the Kim's Convenience Shits Creek Make You Watchathon. Even though I know yeah. that you have other <laughs> plans for me that involve anime, yeah. like I get it. But like, I kind of, I feel like that would be a lot of fun. And I, I certainly need to get off my butt about Kim's Convenience. And also, We Bare Bears. I have not forgotten, along with so many <sighs> others. <laughs>
1: Bear Bears is so good, Kate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do not doubt it. I do not doubt it. Uh, I'm also going to be hit in the face with that again when I go to Comic-Con soon. Uh, the emails have started pouring in, flooding in, I should say, not even pouring, flooding. Um, so it's going to be the 50th anniversary of Comic-Con this year. Oh, so- yeah, okay. I, I don't know if there are any special events planned. I I would figure there should be some special events planned, but like that would have to be done by Comic Con itself, and they don't usually yeah. do that. They just like invite other people to come spend a bunch of money. Um, so we'll we'll see. Uh, I know that one of my favorite and my sister's favorite events uh, at the con each year is when they do incorporate the San Diego Symphony with something at the con, which it looks like is not happening this year because San Diego Aww. Symphony. The San Diego Symphony will be screening um, uh, uh, Galaxy Quest and Back to the Future with live scores. But they're going to yes, be doing that. Yes, please
1: and thank you.
0: Yes, please <laughs> and thank you. But they're doing it at the concert hall. They're not doing it at the con, right? And it's yeah. like, it's so disappointing because you'd have to give up your entire like half day of the con to like go yeah. home and change and get to the venue and everything, you know. Right. And you it's have like- to get
1: dressed for the symphony, Well, the
0: the symphony, not so much dressed for the symphony so much as like wash off the con crud, you know, before you're going to be in a closed space with that many people. Um, Well, as opposed to the enclosed space of a con with that many people. Because like, you know what you're getting when you sign up for the con, right? Like
1: there's a a degree of herd immunity that's happening. Everyone's got the crud, so no one can get the crud. (laughs) Exactly. You don't want to (laughs) pass it on to the people who are just... Here to watch Galaxy Quest. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I know there's going to be a she panel. I know there's going to be some other uh, shows that we are interested in. I keep waiting for there to be some special thing. I'm, I'm very excited about the His Dark Materials panel and already know I will not be getting into it because yeah. I'm not waiting in line all day for it. And it's what the other HBO stuff. The panel that I'm probably the would enjoy the most and am the least likely to get into, and I've accepted that already, is the final Supernatural panel, because Supernatural knows how to do Comic-Con. They've already had Kansas on, so I don't know how they could possibly top that, but I'm sure they have something planned.
1: I hope so. I hope so. But we'll have to discuss this in a couple of weeks with our San Diego Comic-Con.
0: We will be doing our San Diego Comic-Con preview in just a few weeks, once they actually announce everything. Uh, But that's what my feed has been. It's been like, and, and I loved how the one day at a time news just kind of came out of nowhere. It wasn't like there are yeah. rumblings, you know, maybe, you know, I had legit mourned, processed, and moved on. And then I saw that pop up in my feeders. Like, we can have nice things sometimes. It was very, it was,
1: it was very nice. Followed up by what's pop?
0: <laughs> what is
1: that? I've
0: never heard of this before. So many people. Yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, well, so listeners, reach out with your, reactions and 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 thoughts about one day at a time going over to pop tv and uh how you think like i I don't know how you we'll talk about this later i would imagine off mic but like how the change in act break format is going to affect the show and uh and you know what's what that how that's going to feel um but i have every confidence in the showrunners over there so Mostly, I just look forward to more Rita Moreno dancing and the entire cast being fabulous. So
1: hey, for them to go to Cuba,
0: just, <laughs> yeah, let's just, just, do, just a do it, pop. Just, just do it. it. <laughs> you already spent so much money, just, just a little bit more on top. Come on, the, the, the way that that season ended. Come on. Anyways, um, any other TV news that we got to start with? Or should we just kick into our weekend in TV? Yeah,
1: let's just kick into our weekend in TV.
0: This week at the end of the show, we're catching up with Barry season two, uh, because we, there, it's one of those shows we were meaning to get to and we kept running out of time. And so we thought we would. So, you know, catch back up with with that one and and see how we feel about it a few weeks, uh, f- a few months after everything is wrapped up for it. So that's coming at the end of the show. But first, um, we need to hear some some very, uh, <laughs> very enthusiastic metal because Gretzko is back for season two. So let's listen to a little Gretzko and we'll be back with our weekend TV. wash she me We've spent years hanging out together. Why are you fretting that? We're not birds of a feather. You know it all act is getting stale. Better pack it up, quick and I kick your tail. My turn. You cry at the drop of a hat. Your emotional IQ is not all that. You're pinning all your hopes onto a fairy tale when it's clear to everybody that you're doomed to fail. Huh? Huh? You want to say that again? Huh? Huh? If you had listened, I wouldn't have to. Not your fight, you girl. Right. That was some of our music from uh, Agratsuko season two. Uh, am, I, am I pronouncing that correctly? Agratsuko. Agratsuko? Okay. Yeah. Akatsuko Season 2. Thank you. And yep. that is going to kick off our week in TV here. Noel caught up with Season 2 this week. Then he's also going to let us know what happened on the Amazing Race Season 31 finale. This one is for $1 million, as well as Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Inescapable for I Have a Few Thoughts. Uh, You know I have thoughts on Queen Sugar, where my body stops or begins, and we'll round things out with claws. Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. So first up is Agatsuko, season two, and uh, the question I think we all need to know
1: is, is there more protein? Protein shows up once, very early in season two. Okay. As background. Okay. So that's it.
0: Any dialogue? Um,
1: yeah, no, he says protein, and you okay. hear it. Like, okay. it's just there.
0: Okay. Um, little, a little nod.
1: Yes, very much a little nod to, oh, this was the breakout character. <laughs> 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 but we didn't plan for him to be the breakout character, so a little <laughs> cameo, and then we're done. But it's also one of the instances in which Agaratsuko was very stuffed this season. There was a lot going on in season two. Um from a new co-worker named Anai who's fresh out of college and is in the accounting department and decides to pick fights with literally everyone but only wants it in writing so he has a record of it and Kate's kind of chuckling a little bit um <laughs>
0: May have had a conversation with some friends and family recently about the need to to document and paper trail uh interactions at work so yep yes
1: Yep. (laughs) Yeah, so that's his whole bag, and he never engages verbally face-to-face, but then sends an email explaining, the comment that you made on uh, June 28th, 2019, at approximately 2.25 p.m. was seemingly quite unprofessional. Please write back. I wait for your response, and that kind of (laughs) of stuff. That's how he engages with everyone, and... So there's that element of it um, happening and navigating that kind of a new coworker of someone who feels really threatened by literally everything um, and doesn't know how to engage with anyone else. So there's a, there's something happening there, uh, but then there's also um, Rutsuko's mom shows up and is trying to set her up on on marriages. And it doesn't go particularly well, but she does decide to go get her driver's license. So there's a lot of metaphor-heavy stuff about the liberation of being able to drive, which is very common, but the show does a decent enough job with not making it feel too heavy-handed, but it's still pretty heavy-handed. And tied up in all of this is she meets a donkey named Tadano, who seems like a slacker at first, but is actually sort of an Elon Musk slash Andrew Yang type um, who is developing an AI system that he fully intends to replace labor so people have time to pursue other things, more creative outlet type things. And so a whole discussion between automation and professionalism and the fact that he hasn't really seemed to actually work today in his life versus... Retsuko's own sort of Pat's passion for her job and their how their relationship develops. Um, it's just really good, but it's also really stuffed in a lot of dealing with capitalism, and the show actually acknowledges that it's dealing with late stage ca- late stage capitalism. Like verbally, someone actually says the phrase "late st- late stage capitalism," and. Figuring out and navigating what work is like in that, what relationships are like with that. And legitimately that should have been all 10 of these episodes and just scuttled the Anai stuff because it's a little bit of a distraction. But once it gets into the Tadano thread really hard, it becomes a, a really richer text than I was anticipating the show becoming in its initial 10 episodes. Um, it's just, it's a little more thoughtful and a little more engaged in sort of a wider discussion apart from necessarily just doing a, I don't want to say boilerplate sort of women in the workplace in modern day society type thing, but really sort of engaging with it in a more complicated and nuanced level. And I think that's probably the biggest step that the season takes. Characters, except for Fenico, um, gets nothing to do this season, and that's a shame because she's the best um are really consistently layered in different ways so we find out like uh do you remember kabe the hippopotamus oh coworker? yeah 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 she gets significantly nuanced in this season in a really good and productive way that demonstrates that a lot of these people a lot of these characters have a surprising amount of depths and complexity to them despite those first glances And I think that's probably the best thing about this season is aside again from Fenneco, who is still Fenneco. Everyone gets a little bit more shading. And I really like that. And this idea that you only kind of know your coworkers, but you don't know your coworkers, I think is a really good sort of avenue for them to continue to explore as they go forward. So it's a really good second season. It's again, really easy to binge episodes are around 15 to 20 minutes. And it's 10 episodes. So it's really, really good. It's really thoughtful. And I really enjoyed it. Even if it is just have so much it wants to do and say, but doesn't have enough time or space to do that. The fact that it wants to take those big swings, I think, is a really good thing.
0: Yeah, no, that's certainly something that I enjoyed about season one. And I'm glad that they're expanding in season two. And Really, de- like, n- not adding some new characters, but also just developing what they already had, you know, started to play with in the first season. So, yeah, it was exciting. And now, important question. Season yeah. one versus season two, which has the better music?
1: Oh, season one definitely has better music. Mm-hmm. Um, There are fewer death metal drops in this season, but on a character level on purpose sort of things. Um has stopped going to karaoke <gasps> uh, because she doesn't feel like she needs it. Oh that's good. Um right. So instead she along with uh Washimi and Goro um have been sort of like trying to uh Gory, I should say, sorry. Um are more so trying to plan like trips to do and not being able to agree on anything. And there's large like development between Gori and Washimi as well that I didn't even like get around to, but it's also very, very good. And the karaoke begins to become more important and she actually in the finale goes back to karaoke to ex- really fully express herself to someone else physically in a space that isn't gory and washimi so it's a big deal when she actually goes back to the karaoke um venue to really let loose so there's significantly less music in season two but It feels thematically and character driven rather than just we couldn't come up with anything. It feels really purposeful in that Retsuko was in a different place than she was in season one.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. Okay. How about the finale of The Amazing Race season 31? Who, who, Who wound up winning?
1: Right. So who wound up winning was, oh dear, where are their names? Where did they go? They should be like right here. (laughs) <laughs> well that tells me that it's way. not
0: one of the teams i know
1: <laughs> yeah no it was um whatchamacallit it was colin and Christie ended up winning um tyler and Corey came in second um and then the afghanimals came in third after one of them just could not finish the initial um whatchamacallit the initial roadblock um in detroit so they went from uh the netherlands to the uk um, had to do some code breaking in England and then had to run basically around, had to memorize, either memorize 15 streets and seven landmarks on a taxi route mm-hmm.
0: or row. <laughs> yeah. So row.
1: <laughs> right. Well, you would think so, but, um, rowing was only really easy, easy, for Colin and Christy, mm-hmm. uh, Tyler and Corey started it, but then kept like falling out of the boat, <laughs> which is also what happened to, um, Colin and Christy a couple of times. And also happened to the other, the Big Brother team that had survived through like 11. They got eliminated in like 11. Um, But after Tyler and Corey went to the taxicab thing, Corey just just has like a really great memory in general and did a really good job with the taxicab challenge. Um, So they ended up going to Detroit, which seemed to give Tyler and Corey a bit of advantage because they're both from Michigan and go to Detroit quite often. Um, But the series of the challenges from they actually did finally get to repel down a very tall building. They went down the guardian <laughs> building in Detroit, as opposed okay. to getting to go down that, uh, building in uh, Dubai. So I appreciated that sort of like a weird, a little bit of a joke from the producers mm-hmm. of like, Oh, you thought you were going to go down that tall building. No, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this tall building instead. It's not as tall, but it's tall. But it's good for, it's good. Good finale stunt. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a very, very good finale stunt that they had to, like, look at numbers that were on the windows as they rappelled down, and then use those numbers to unlock a very large safe, but the safe had very specific directions on how you needed to unlock it, that if you didn't read it correctly, you would just be sitting there and standing there, banging on a door, which is what happened to the Afghanimals. Um... And in lieu of a, whatchamacallit, of, like, a memory challenge of, like, putting together the legs of the race, which is bread and butter for Amazing Race, they skipped that this season entirely. And so people went to Hart Plaza in Detroit um, and had to assemble a five-piece drum set kit while basically um, this massive group of drummers and jazz musicians... Kept playing seven, seven nation army over and over and over and over and over and over again. So the basic, the basic challenge is you have to put together this drum kit exactly based on the model, but it's also going to be too loud for you to communicate with your partner. And so that created a, like a lot of issues, but it also resulted in a lot of, oh, missing like important details type of thing, like little finicky things. Of this latch needs to be up or this little stopper needs to be on top of the symbol, but we dropped it on the ground behind the platform where we're assembling it, which both of these things happened. So there's all of that kind of stuff happening. And I think it's really good in terms of like kind of a nerve-wracking challenge, because Tyler and Corey and um oh goodness, uh Christy and Colin basically both leave at the same time. Um more or less like um Christy and Colin basically win because they figured out what was wrong with their set and called for the check just as Tyler and Corey had fixed what was wrong with their set. So it was basically just like, ah, nerves type of thing. But it was it was a relatively satisfying finale for a very truncated sort of um race this season since they only had 12 legs but it was it was good the whole big brother survivor amazing race all stars sort of thing wasn't didn't add like a lot of flavor but you could the fact that it came down to three amazing race veterans teams mm-hmm. and one big brother team basically indicated that you should not do this again <laughs> <laughs> Because well, the mean, amazing race and teams teams are going to do really well because they know what to do,
0: <laughs> unless the whole point is just get Big Brother people watching initially and then hope they right you know pivot over to the amazing race teams. But yeah, no, yeah. I hear what you're saying. That's interesting. That sounds like just such a you know such a it's, it, you know you describe. Oh, you have to set up drum kit. I'm like, oh. Okay and um but it's so easy to forget as you're watching these things just how like when you have specialized knowledge right that just how challenging and and tricky that would be like i don't set up drums but i've been around them enough to to like feel like i would crush that um and like the boat thing, right? The canoe thing. I not that I did a spend a lot of time on the water or anything as a kid, but I did enough scouting, right? That I can deal. I can handle a canoe, not all that fast, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tip. I'm not gonna fall. I'm not gonna like.
1: Well, it's not a canoe. It's like a standard row, 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 um, like rowing crew. Yeah. Type boat.
0: Yeah. yeah. Which there's, they're, they're, okay. they're very thin, right? And th- which makes them, if you yeah. don't know what you're doing, easy to flip. But what I mean is, I like you're describing them, like, oh, that'd be easy. And I'm just in the back of my head. I can just hear the hubris, right? Of how horribly I would actually do with these challenges if I was on the show or like, you know, thinking of people talking about drag race, how everybody sits at home and goes like, I could totally do that. And then when they're on the show, they just get their butt kicked. Same thing with Top Chef. They always say it's so much harder in, when you're actually doing it, then it seems like it is across the TV. So that's, I mean, I think that's a creative and fun challenge to to figure out, you know, especially in connection with Detroit, here's how we're going to, basically, instead of testing their memory, we're going to test their teamwork and their communication. And we're going to do that by just playing a bunch of drums, (laughs) playing a bunch of music really loud. So it sounds like there was someone in the production staff that is a musician or musician, like, adjacent from some of these different yeah. like the headphones challenge that they had and you know some of these are the ones they had this season so if i ever do get to watching it i think i'll probably really enjoy this season um yeah i think dumb.
1: overall it was fun yeah so. yeah the,
0: i tend not to like the stunt seasons but i feel like the at least the teams i know from the amazing race veterans are they chose well with them yes so, they did yeah
1: and tyler and Corey jokes upon finishing second Fine, we'll come back one more time. <laughs> I guess if we Just, have yeah. I guess if we have to. yeah, So we can finally win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good times. Now, are you are like are you looking forward to a thir- 32? Have they announced if they're going to do another season?
1: Yeah, no, they do have a 32nd season that will be coming um sometime is roughly the same time next year. Mm-hmm. Um that I think they've already filmed it. Um yeah, I think they've actually already... F- or they started filming it. Or, mm-hmm. like, according to my thing, like, they started filming it already. Um, because, like, we already know where, like, the first leg is. Um, so, yeah, filming took place around November 2018. So they've actually already filmed this season, probably. Because um, their first leg's from United States, and then they go to Trinidad and Tobago. Um, so, yeah, but it won't be until... Like again, probably sometime around this year, um, the same time next year, mid 2019
0: 2020 season. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah, th- th- there's a long lead time on this show for yeah. getting all the footage and editing it together and everything. So yeah, it's a it's a long production cycle, certainly for The Amazing Race. Uh, well, hopefully it's a original one in a new season because I'm I'm certainly ready for you know just a straight up original recipe, <laughs> Amazing Race Season. But, you know, hopefully I'll be able to actually follow along with that one so we can both talk about it. But I do have appreciated you keeping me up to date. So thank you, Noel. Uh, what's going You're on welcome. over at Agents
1: of S.H.I.E.L.D., Inescapable? So it's a holodeck episode, Kate. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. So um, this episode deals explicitly and purposefully with uh, Fitzsimmons and their relationship. Um, they've been abducted by some Chromacons, um, Enoch's race, uh, for the refresher, and because they want time travel, which Fitz and Simmons have like figured out, but also not figured out, timey-wimey type stuff. Um, that basically amounts to the fact that the Chromacons want them to figure out time travel so they can go save their own planet, which was just destroyed, by presumably the thing that's going on with Sarge and all these guys based on like the fact that the plot's actually kicking into gear now that they only have like a handful of episodes left um, this season. So the entire episode is Fitz and Simmons trapped inside their respective minds and memories in sort of a virtual construct of those memories. So we get to see them in like college, but we also get to see them as little kids and basically trying to really recommit to one another basically it's very much another all right well we've been really mean to Fitz and Simmons so it's time for them to really get together again type of thing but also fill in Fitz on the things that he's kind of missed as a result of him being frozen cryogenically to do blah 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 blah, blah all that stuff from last season so like finding out that he's a grandfather and the fact that he's already said the same proposal to Simmons that he says in this episode Again, but also find out that he's already said it. And so all this kind of fun stuff, but also all this really good character stuff, because since they're knocking around literally in each other's brains, Leopold resurfaces to cause problems. Um, And then this really, like, J-horror version of Simmons also appears, and... It's just really weird and really silly, but that is basically what Agents of Shield is now—is weird and silly. And but also, when it does stuff like this, deeply character-driven. And so, I really appreciated the fact that they managed to balance all of the all of those elements in a really solid episode with a very, very good gag payoff, as Fitz and, as Fitzsimmons figures out what they need to do, basically. There's a really good gag payoff that's just, it's just delightful. And it really indicates just how much Fitzsimmons are meant to be together. Because it's very good. And I don't want to say anything more, but it's very, very good. So I'm hoping that now that they've figured this element of the show out, at least narratively speaking, and Enoch has sort of done his thing to try and like, get all the gang back together. We can really get running on dealing with Sarge and what they're up to, which we got um sort of explained in episode five. Um, but I I'm, I'm ready for everything to start really moving at this point. Um now that they're in entering the back half of the season.
0: Yeah, no, I that sounds about right. And and they usually in the last, you know, handful of seasons, at least the last few seasons, I should say, um, they've had their pacing pretty on track so i would expect things to to kick up a bit now um and push towards you know the next chunk of the season so okay that's interesting and you know you you know i like a holodeck episode i always love i know you do that's
1: why i said that's why i said it was a holodeck episode
0: so my jam (laughs) um over on queen sugar uh not a holodeck episode alas though uh, oh they should do one though (laughs) i would be so excited i would watch that so hard um but instead we get uh more reaction to everything that's uh to, to nova and her book um this is feels very much like a um uh, just a, a sort of a piece to you know table setting peace moving kind of episode there are some really great moments and exchanges though um that that stand out and, and certainly will propel things moving forward. We get our Jimmy Dale and Vi scene, which is great as to be expected. Um, the the opening of the episode is terrific. I'm not going to say too much uh, because I don't want to spoil it for you, but I think that, that is handled really well. I really appreciated uh, what we got with uh, Charlie and with Micah. I thought, you know, the, we find out that Micah has been getting death threats and that's why Charlie sent him to Paris, and uh that's really affecting as you you would expect the dynamic with Micah as he is you know growing and maturing and trying to decide who he wants to be and what his you know he's trying to be more grown up, and what does that mean, and how much of that is organic and how much of it that is him really trying to be what he thinks he needs to be, you know, so I think that's continuing to develop in an interesting way i this show does such a great job with that character who just on so many other shows would be so obnoxious and so irritating and he's never is and that's you know something i continue to enjoy about the season of queen sugar i liked what we got with darla ralph angel i i, I like the discussions you know like with him and, and blue in the book and and what that's going to mean there's some um, interesting developments with Charlie and her boyfriend, whose name I've not learned. And I do, do I need to learn his name? He's not going to be around long-term, right?
1: I mean, they never are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Um, then there's, uh, I mean, for me, just, it all comes down to that. Uh, we see Nova and Vi's discussion and confrontation, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, and I think it is handled really well. Uh, there's some really great stuff for Rutina Wesley, and I think I've danced around it about as much as I can without spoiling you, because I know you're gonna watch it soon. So, yeah. Uh, any questions?
1: Nope, no questions. Just that I clearly should have watched this instead of watching the soccer game. Except, no, I don't. I have no regrets.
0: No regrets. <laughs> yeah. No. How is the World Cup soccer been? By the way, I've, I've watched none of it.
1: Um, I haven't watched as much as I've wanted to, mm-hmm. but it's been generally okay. um the u s women were in a really weak group, so like I mean they won 13 zero against Thailand, and yeah. that was rough. Um, the game with Spain was all right, but this game with France was actually really, really good. And really, legitimately exciting. Um, so it's generally been all right, but like I said, I just haven't watched as much as I was sort of planning on watching, just f- for life reasons. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have the time to watch as much as I really, really wanted to.
0: Yeah, well, it's certainly. Uh, I-, I see the that corner of Twitter like pop up. I'm in my yeah. feed, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a thing that I would really enjoy if I was engaging with it and had the time to to watch like anything. Right now. I miss World Cup fever. It's fun. Uh, maybe next time. Uh, okay, let's move on, though. Speaking of fevers, <laughs> there's a lot going down in Claws right now. Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. What did you think of their Eyes Wide Shut party and how everything else is moving in the Claws world?
1: That Eyes Wide Shut party was just fun. Like, <laughs> no, I don't know what else to do with that.
0: The pig takes it to a whole nother
1: level. It does. The pig (laughs) really takes it to the whole other level. Uh, No, it's just so, it's such a weird show. And the fact that, I don't know why everyone thought it was okay to drink the champagne, Kate. Yeah. I just, I I don't know why people thought that was a good idea. I appreciate that Desna was like, no, I need a clear head. Yeah. Without even knowing that there was Molly in it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I enjoyed the, okay, that tracks. Uh, kind of reaction from Judy Reyes, yeah. <laughs> um, and the, but the fact that she didn't then stop drinking the champagne—it's uh-huh. not like she like finished her her drink and then found out about the Molly. So yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, I, I think that that allowed us to have the talking pig who was all about that Charlotte's Web bullshit, <laughs> which was gonna is gonna be my favorite line on TV for for a, a little bit here until something else knocks it out.
1: The show's so weird. Um, <laughs> it's so weird. Um so no, there's all of that uh, that stuff. Um and it's 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 a good way to do something kinda different mm-hmm. with um their sort of like adventures into a criminal underworld sort of deal. Um, in no small part because this is this is the criminal underworld of the rich and influential, as opposed to the podunk pill pusher types. Or the sort of intermediaries that they dealt with in season two of like on the cusp of being something like this, having that influence. Whereas now we're actually in that. And I like that sort of escalation of steps in a criminal empire sort of deal that they've been doing this season and how much of particularly Pleasure Dome, but also how much of the Lovejoy's whole operation provides a way to illustrate that idea of we're hitting a really big time type of thing. We've extended out of the Dixie Mafia into Florida politics, <laughs> which is its own special brand of corruption. Um, so I like all of that, but I also like this push, and I'm hoping that they continue it, of political awareness about like, things like private prisons and the discussion of they're, put, they're locking up people like us type of discussion uh, that comes out through this episode, um, and so hopefully that they, they keep up with that, we'll see if it can survive the general weirdness <laughs> of the show. But I like the gestures at the very least to it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. This I don't think the show is as good as it has been, but it's yes. certainly interesting, yeah. and it's certainly fun. And so when like the I, I think that this back and forth that they can't seem to. Or they don't want to commit to their actual criminal level for yeah. our heroes is is very frustrating. So the freak out of, oh no, we're in over our heads. I don't think you get to do that in episode three of this season right after you've done the we're boss bitches thing in such a sure. big way. And then then like end the episode back there, right? It's too much about ba- like I can see tentative planning. Like we want this, but we know we're going to have to be careful, right? That works for me or overconfident smack down, right? You know, in a big way at the start of the episode and then cautious works for me. But the, the whiplash of overconfident. Uh, get someone killed, try to have a a human reaction so that we are still connected to our characters and we know they care, but then take them immediately back to where they ended the previous episode, confidence-wise. Like, I think that it that's really... uh, Distancing? That's really distancing for me. And it makes it hard for me to invest in the way that it seems like the show wants me to invest in the emotional journeys of the characters. So, you know, well. I don't think you get to have the reaction that Desna has at the beginning of this episode, and then have her go sign on an insane like apartment, condo, or whatever that she can't afford. Yeah, like I don't think you get to do both, <laughs> and have me like invest at all when you ask your cast to then play the the emotional path, like the pathos of everything. So, sure. yeah, I don't have any sympathy for this mansion. Isn't enough for me. I also must have my own pad, (laughs) because there are kids here. I mean, like, it's a it's a mansion. You go to your wing, they go to their wing. I feel like you can make this work. They're
1: leaving Cheerios everywhere
0: well yes they also are they don't have the best parents uh yeah that was pretty ridiculous on that thread i think i should mention that the part of the episode that i by far was the most invested in and connected to was the stuff with um jen's uh like former partner and the her their Mm -hmm. kids EJ. ej yeah the 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 father um a biological father of their daughter and I like that's been such an interesting thread for the season, It's one that I really appreciate them making time for and yes. and really investing in and I really hope it stays separate from everything else but um, it's just so interesting to see the show doing that while also doing this really up and down stuff with Desna and also doing some interesting stuff um with uh Dean and Virginia, and then also doing this private prison stuff, like it's all over the place. And I would like a little bit more cohesion, but I'm just having so much fun that it doesn't really, at a certain point it doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah. And I think that's sort of what the mode clause is in is, yeah, it doesn't really matter. We're, we can get away with doing this kind of weird stuff mm-hmm. and it'll work. And maybe it'll all come out in the end type of deal. Um We'll see how many sort of swings that they can take though. Cause you can't sustain yourself on this alone.
0: No. Yeah, not really. Um, so on that theme, does this win your week in TV? Does this sustain your week in TV? Or are you giving something else?
1: No, I'm going to give it to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Inescapable. It's just really, really good and really delightful. And I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, what about you? What won your week this week?
0: Well, shout out to some of the, uh, the, the the debate coverage has been some of it has been really funny on the late night shows. I really enjoyed um, parts of full frontal this week. Uh, but I'm gonna give it to Queen Sugar, where the body, where my body stops are begins. Uh, there's some there's some fun uh, interesting developments. so uh, more on that next week. Well, fun is the wrong word. There's some compelling developments. So I'll put it there. Okay. Now we will take a break. Listen to a trailer for season two of Barry and come back with our season spotlight. We'll be right back after this.
1: Do you think I'm a bad person, Mr. Kusno? I think you are deeply human. And I pray that people can change their nature. If they can't, you and I are in deep trouble. Why isn't this working? This is crazy. Excuse me, sir. Do you have these pants in size medium? Those are women's pants.
0: Shit. Barry, we're not doing the show. Janice is still missing. Gene is not ready.
1: She could be out there right now. Is this you and Corbin Burnson? No, that's Ronnie Cox. Ronnie Cox. Mr. Gustano, you could use this class as therapy. Thank you. Next, when you create a character, you lend him your unique self, and then you let everything out.
0: Action. Don't be an idiot. I thought you were amazing. You really went somewhere.
1: The L.A. operation is going super great. Hey, man. Yo, bro. I found a true friend and partner in Cristobal. But Esther is throwing complete monkey wrench into my relationship. I'm not asking you to help me with this. I'm telling you. Come on, bro. You, me, team badass. You don't want to be a part of this? Ah! Oh, is It's about to go off.
0: this is how you're earning a buck now selling sports bras
1: if you tell the truth they're never gonna look at you the same way again barry there is an inherent darkness in you i had the same instinct about charlie manson i looked in the mirror and i said fella you better get out of that guy's band wow
0: good things can happen when you're honest about who you really
1: are is there ever a time in your life that you did something so terrible that you were ashamed? Can't think of anything. Will you keep on working on it? Go deep. And I'm going to the John.
0: That was the trailer for season two of HBO's Barry. Um, Already renewed for season three, uh, do you have as strong of a reaction at the end of season two, Noel, as we both did at the end of season one, when we said there should be no season two, um, (laughs) that finale was perfect (laughs) or just about no season two, please. After having seen season two, are you ready for season three?
1: I mean, yes and no, um, I think sort of it loops around to our big central question that you, in particular, Rose made when we finished season one of, all right, how am I exactly supposed to feel about Barry? And why would I keep watching this show about this guy type of thing? Aside from the fact that he's played by Bill Hader, which seems to be the rationale why would I keep watching this show about a guy who kills people and is sort of unsympath is sympathetic, but also keeps killing people. <laughs> why would I keep doing that? And I don't think that this season, including the finale provides a good reason, despite their best efforts, um, to do that. Um, and I think that the larger thing is, like, as good as I think that this show is overall, and as well-acted and as often well-directed as this show is, I don't think that season two justifies its existence in terms of how really strong and contained season one is. And also the fact that I just worry about what's going to happen to Jean. And I don't want anything bad to happen to Jean. Mm-hmm. And well, I don't yeah. think Barry wants anything bad to happen to Gene either. But
0: <laughs> that's the trouble with a show like this, where you yeah. have a central premise around bad guy trying to be not bad around good people, or you know some level of good people. Is that over time, either the show loses its central theme or right? it's it's like perspective, or people have to be drawn into the shit, right? <laughs> like drawn into. Yes. The diseased, uh, malignant core of what's causing your—we—they are totally likable, but character to you know the the but of it, as it were, the the um well, but he's an assassin and he keeps killing people. He keeps quotes having to kill people, um and, but Bill Hart hater is charming, is. Does a lot. It that gets you pretty far along your way. But I would agree that I like I enjoyed the season, and I don't know that I think it's better than season one, which is what I saw a lot of people saying when it was airing um that season one was great and season two is somehow even better. Um, I really enjoyed what I was watching, um, but I there certainly isn't that same sense of discovery that you have with season one, and but you know by the time you're watching season two, you're complicit. And the show, ex- like, plays with that a little bit, experiments with that a little bit, but not as much as I would like, if, you know, to really sustain it. Uh, and and for me, it's it's down to performance and it's down to really just ha- get, get, getting a kick out of spending time with these actors and, and these performances. Um, but this is not one that is going to be on my end of the year lists. This is not one that I, like clearly we're talking about it in June. We didn't feel the need at the end of June. We didn't feel the need to rush out and watch it right when it aired. And while I enjoyed the season and I will be back for season three, it's not something that I'm looking to in the same way that I looked at season one for groundbreaking and just very unexpected and compelling drama and performance and direction.
1: Yeah, and I think that's I think that's accurate. And I, I remember there was a lot of comparisons, and I think like even I did this since, uh, last year with like pairing it into a certain degree with Killing Eve, mm-hmm. and this idea of discovery and fresh and new, like you had just mentioned, and then the fact that the sophomore season of Killing Eve was not good, mm-hmm. um, and struggled to find anything to really say. And while I think season two Barry justifies its existence much more than killing Eve season two does um, in part because of how it ended, it allowed itself a out in which to keep this thread going. Whereas Eve didn't really do that. Um, That thread just didn't, that thread really for me felt really circular until like right at the end of like it was coiled basically and we kind of kept just going in a couple of circles until we got to the very end which isn't exactly what i want from an eight episode show where episodes range from 30 to 38 minutes i'd like a little more forward momentum on things as opposed to what we get here of all right well i guess we'll train hank's guys for a couple of episodes because we need Barry to single-handedly slaughter all of them um in the finale mm-hmm. well <laughs> it's go, because
0: we need Noho Hank to be on because he's right fucking hilarious
1: he's, he's so good and like I mean I can get sidetracked just discussing Noho Hank and um uh Anthony Kerrigan's performance because holy shit it's really good, especially this season. Like it was good last season.
0: They gave him a lot more has, to play. Yeah,
1: he, there's so much room for him to stretch this season, and his whole speech about mm. in in the about to be burning van uh, bus, I should say. It's just <laughs> I should be a hotel manager. <laughs> I should be a hotel. I'm really an optometrist. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, oh my god, that's like the perfect encapsulation of this character. They understand this character better than literally any other character on this show, with the exception of Sally. Mm-hmm. like it's really good um but it's also one of those things where there wasn't like enough there there sort of thing and I'm almost willing to forgive it because it gave us episode, it gave us episode 5 Ronnie and Lily which I think is just a minor masterpiece <laughs> of just she's, she's not human she's episode. a little
0: girl <laughs> five seconds later she's not human I told you
1: it's just it's Great. so good and So, and it's just, it's a madcap comedy of errors type thing that if this show wasn't about Barry trying to reform himself and is instead was just about Barry and Fuchs going from hit to hit to Mm -hmm. hit, and this just happened to be one of those hits that went horribly, horribly awry, it would be just, the show would be, A, completely different, but B, it would just have been such a really good sort of episode. As it stands, it's probably the best of the season, but it has next to nothing mm-hmm. to do with anything happening for the rest of the season, except for clearing Loach out of the way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I loved the reveal at the end of the episode. Like, I love that they started the episode with like, "Wait, you're the guy that his ex-wife is dating." Good on her. Okay. Okay. And yeah. then the, then ending the epi- episode with, or maybe even starting the next episode with, he's a two time uh, Olympian in whatever yes. it was, jujitsu yeah. or something. Taekwondo. 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 Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, okay, that, that tracks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like the, the writing for that is just for that episode, especially for me, the, as far as dialogue, the writing at the beginning, um, as you watch Barry kind of take in the surroundings, it's like, oh, you do martial arts? Okay, that's cool. Wait, are those medals? Wait, are those awards?
1: Okay. Oh, you've you've got medals. Oh, oh, that's, okay. that's great.
0: <laughs> that's, that's, that's good to. That's great. That's good to know. Okay. And the kid, like, we're gonna go to Chicago. I uh, just like it's it's so funny and it's so well paced and they blend the action with the sensibilities so so nicely. Right.
1: I mean, the idea that Ronnie is in the grocery store when they go back. Hmm. Just, it's just perfect. Yeah. It's just really, really perfect. And yeah. I really appreciate also, like, I watched the um little behind the scenes look of this episode, um, which is one that hater directed. And the duo of Ronnie and Lily, I believe, are two stunt people. Like the little girl is actually trained by her stunt 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 man father. Um, and does karate. And they all, They knew about these two as a result of their stunt coordinator from season one, who was just like, yeah, no, I know these two folks. They, they just, like, they do some stuff. Um, If you ever need them, let me know, and I'll get them on for you. And that's kind of how this came together when they were just trying to figure out this kind of an episode. And so they just bought these two on. I'm just like, that little girl is so good! And I know that there's, like, some wire work here, because she... Her joke from that carpet's too good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but... Also, like, her climbing up that tree, she's actually climbing up a pole that's been cased in green screen. Mm -hmm. Because there was no tree in that yard. But they really liked the house. (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) I would not have guessed that. That's some quality CG. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's super good CG. So I think that there's just, it's a really good episode. And for me, it sort of encapsulates the really good tone and energy of Barry. But also at the same time, you realize that some of the other stuff about Barry and the morality of Barry gets in the show's way at this point. And I just I struggle with it. And I didn't and I appreciated at the very least that the show didn't hedge too long about Moss's state um, because that was that could have gotten very bad. Um, But yeah, I don't I don't know that I can I don't know that I can keep watching as much as I enjoy Bill Hader's performance, and I just, I don't know, because Hader's performance is just really good. It's really good. Even when I don't like the show so much, it's really good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also really, really like Sally, and what they, yes. the depth they've brought to that character. I think her arc over the course of the season, like, writing and developing her scene around her own history of domestic abuse, and like, the fact that that was playing at the same time as the final season of Game of Thrones is just delicious. Um, but um, that, that is just such a nothing character on so many different shows and to, to make her as central and as developed as they have, I think is a real testament to the, to the the show's priorities and its interests. Um, I will, I would agree though, that like this season really the, you know, you, you, we were talking so much about Ronnie and Lily, Ronnie, Lily, whatever it is, um, the title of that fifth episode, but it, it sort of, you know, it, it is entirely removable from everything else in the season, um, except for the final result. And that there's too much of the season. I think. I think season one did a better job of of putting the differing sides of Barry together. This season, I would like. I was when every time he was out in the desert training people, I was like, "Where does Sally think he is? Isn't he also working a day job and doing the like? How is because they would just go on these long sojourns in one world." Or and then completely drop all of that so that they could do the acting stuff for a while. Like, I was wondering, what's like has Sally not noticed his giant gaping wound in his back? Like in nope. the next episode, yeah.
1: No, there's there's weird in, incongruities with the show's ability to merge those worlds together. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that they do a really good job with Sally to the extent that like this uh, thematic idea of living a lie like now has spread to Sally and sort of to your, how What was the phrase that you used? Um, makes her complicit in the narrative to a certain degree, like you were saying of like, all right, now she's living a lie and getting all this like attention and fame for it. Um, in the same way Barry's living a lie in the same way that like Fuchs is living just a sad little lie of that. He's a big shot and that Hank's living a lie that he is also a big shot and should not just be a hotel concierge because he would also kill that job. He would
0: be very um, good.
1: Yes. He'd, he'd be a good advance planner too. It's just like, yeah, no, I'm looking for a table for heroin. Do you have that? I'm thinking wood? Just like <laughs> <sighs> Hank, you're so good and pure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're a horrible, horrible human being. But you're so good and pure and excellent <laughs> instincts
0: for drama as far as yes. like, around that bullet you know like yeah. it would be really cool if i could have that special touch and bullet i guess i mean we could do a regular bullet i guess it's okay it's okay oh man yeah event planner is probably the best other job for him like other world job so real world job well it's interesting, if, you know, when, with season three, I will give my thoughts. I completely understand being ready to just, like, pass on season yeah. three.
1: And I may change my mind by the time season three rolls around. It's just one of those things where right now I'm just like, but do I really need to watch a third season of this? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, fair enough. Like, the only thing, legitimately, Kate, the only thing that I think I would come in for is a continued expansion of, this was the street I was on. This was a horse. <laughs> this was me. Well, it's not me. It's actually someone, uh, some other little girl. But you get the idea. That did not belong there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I loved then, everything. Yeah, go ahead. And then the payoff to that whole thing of, yeah, my mom burned down my dad with him in the house. What? <laughs> <laughs> did you not get the symbols? <laughs> yeah, and Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I, the, everything in the X-Class is great. I appreciated them being like, we have Darcy
1: Carden. Uh, yeah, and really her... knowing that they have Darcy Carden this time. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. So, yeah. But also, I would never play an Australian. <laughs> That's a whole other yes. thing. Yes
0: yeah yeah the i like that they had a supportive agent at least one and uh yes yes usually not what you see in these stories um in hollywood stories uh but but yeah yeah there's there's so much there's so so much deliciousness at the edges of the show that even in a season where I, I thought it wasn't quite as good as the first season and that it wasn't as balanced. There's just, again, I really did actually wind up enjoying the season, enjoying my watching of it. Um, and, you know, I, anytime, I've said this many times in the televerse, anytime a show gets renewed, even if I think narratively it would be better for the show to end, that's 100 people having a job. So, Yeah. Good for them, and and if they want to keep making it, which clearly they do, then let's. I mean, I'm I'm here to see what happens next. So, yeah, interesting. So, thank you for for chatting, Barry, with me. No, And listeners, let us know what you thought about Barry Season 2. A few show notes here at the end of the episode. You can find a post for this episode over at org, where you can leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of the week's TV and what you thought of Barry back when it actually aired months ago. <laughs> you can also email us thetelliverse at com. You can like our page on Facebook and start up a conversation there. You can uh, find us in apple podcast with an m4a chaptered feed and mp 3 unchaptered feed and we're also up in uh stitcher you can lose the rating review either place and uh we're both on twitter i am at the televerse and noel you are
1: at noel rk and pinned to my profile you can find my what netflix got right and what netflix got wrong about their uh version of neon genesis evangelion uh that i wrote for tv guide um so that's pinned to my twitter profile right nice. now um i just did it so it was in place for this exact <laughs> moment nice because um, it was otherwise like there's no way for anyone to find this unless i pin it to my twitter profile um so that's pinned to my twitter profile um we're gonna discuss evangelion real soon yeah. so it's gonna happen s- soon probably sometime late august i think depending on
0: how Uh, how scheduling works but yeah no looking forward to it it should be fun it should be fun um and also before i forget shout out to dan thanks for the nice words on the twitter dan i did not know dan was still listening but dan said nice things about our our jessica jones conversation so oh thanks thank you dan um (laughs) thank you noel and thank you everyone for listening we'll be back next week with another episode of the televerse